Anyways, I haven't had lunch and I'm starving and looking at this read about Bojo's is making me even more hungry because their pizza. pizza. Yes, their cheeseless pizza is amazing. I love cheeseless pizza. Am I yelling, Andre? Are you? Okay, sorry. <laughs> I just get really passionate Andrew's about about, coronavirus. about cheeseless <laughs> pizza. Um, but yeah, and they have honey cheese bread, which you guys you can attest for on how good that is. It's so good. It's honey. It's cheese. It's bread all together in one. <laughs> Every bite better than the last. And I gotta say, Bojo's has gotten me to like honey. I wasn't a big fan of honey, but then putting hon- I know, Kale. I know. Okay. I just wasn't a big fan of honey. I was like, it. Re- I would only have honey when I was growing up when hot? I was sick. Uh, yeah, I just don't have honey. I'm not. Much. I'm not a honey fan either. Yeah. Wow. What do you would, have? Wow. What do you really have honey with outside of Bojo's? Tea. Honey, honey, like Tea. Ryan just has spoonful of honey, like his honey dessert. Yeah, that's not normal. <laughs> that's not normal. <laughs> See, for me, it was when I was sick. This is a. Probably Vari- something what, I ca- various, what kind of desserts are you having at the... Uh- Anyways, be sure to mention DNVR when you go to Bojo's to get free honey cheese bread. Our friend Cade went for his birthday, had some free honey cheese bread. He t- tagged us, and it looked amazing. Shout so out definitely Cade. go do that. Shout out, Cade. Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsay breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landeskog. Denver Sports Podcast presented by the one and only Breckenridge Brewery. I'm about to open mine. It's an afternoon pod, so I feel, yeah, feel a little more comfortable enough. with Someone this. has to keep me from drinking alone. <laughs> exactly. There you go. So we've got team coffee on one side and team beer and then Patrick. <laughs> You're teamless. You're a free agent. Man. It's been a tough spring training. <laughs> it has been, apparently. <laughs> Well, like you guys could probably hear, we've got Harrison Wind, Ryan Konigsberg, Patrick, and Rudo all on the desk today. It's a desk. I would call it a desk. Yeah. <laughs> it's a table. Table? It's a round table. Perhaps. News desk. It counts. Okay. We're talking sports. We're talking Avs, Rockies, Rocky Spring Training, some combine news, and, of course, the Nuggets. Should we get the Nuggets out of the way first <laughs> since sure. it wasn't? Let's do it. The Nuggets lost to the Golden State Warriors, who had only won 13 games before. Yeah. They lost 116 to 100. It was a bad game. Mm-hmm. What were a few things you're taking away from this game? Of course, bad losses happen. It's a long season. But what were a few things you think need to change coming up? I mean, this was a bad loss. And the thing about this one, there was like this crazy freak out after this game. And Part of it was like the shock value, just losing to the Warriors, who were pretty much fielding a G League team. The thing is, though, 
good teams lose to bad teams over the course of the NBA season. The Clippers have lost to the Kings twice in the last two months. The Rockets just lost to the freaking Knicks. Like, this stuff happens. This was a very bad loss, but, you know, this is this loss is the same as, you know, it would have been in October or November. The only thing this loss affects is potential playoff seeding. So it does hurt Denver from that regard. You need to bank as many wins as you can, especially over bad teams. So it hurts in that regard. But is this some referendum on the entire Nuggets season? No, the Nuggets have actually played really great against the best teams in the league. Denver has the best record in the league against teams that are on pace for a 50-win season or more. So they played the great teams great, and they played the bad teams about as badly as the playoff teams in the West have played the other bad teams. So it's a bad loss. I don't think it's some you know huge decree on the entire Nuggets season, though. The, the real problem here is that it came not completely on the heels, but shortly after the loss of the Clippers. So... The loss of the Clippers happens. Everyone wants to use it as a reason to say the Nuggets aren't contenders. Then the the Toronto game happens, which right. is one of those games against yeah. a 50 win team. Did that we you're just talking forget about. about the Toronto game two days ago? Yes, we where did. Where they smoked the Raptors? <laughs> of course, people did. So that yeah. game, then the Golden State game happens, and that just erases the the Raptors game for everyone. And so now they're combining. Okay, you've got this this blowout loss to the Clippers. You've got this actually blowout loss to the Warriors. This is why the Nuggets aren't for real. That's what. That's why this has become such a big thing. Mm-hmm. Well, also a lot of chatter online is the fact that is this Nuggets team better when they're playing down with injuries? I mean, I we've seen throughout the the year that there's certain times where time management has seemed to be questioned by by us about Malone, as in, like, why isn't MPJ playing? Why aren't certain lineups going out there when the shooting is down or when the defense can't make a block, that mm-hmm. type of thing. So I feel like that is also added to that. Uh, there's something to that. They've had some of their best wins of the season when they've only, you know, had three or, or four of their regular starters when they've been down a, a starter or two. There's something to that for sure. The thing about it is, though, like for this team to ultimately reach their ceiling, they need all their big guns. Um, like having a fully healthy starting five, having Michael Porter Jr., you know, that is the best version of this team. So, yes, they've had some good wins, but you know, they're not going to get to where they're going to go unless, you know, they've, they've got everybody. Like that's how they get to their full ceiling. It's just it, games like last night are frustrating just because it never felt like they were invested. But on the same kind of note there is like that's the NBA regular season. It's it just is. guys are they're gonna be games. There's eighty two games. Teams are bound to kind of mosey out there one night. The the Warriors start hitting three pointers with guys that no one's ever heard of. All of a sudden those guys feel pretty confident. You get into a late game scenario where all of a sudden they've been going the whole mm-hmm. game. You have to turn it on all of a sudden and it doesn't always happen. So Michael Malone had this quote way back at training camp and he said, We're preparing for a one hundred ten game season, not an eighty two game regular season. And I almost wonder if certain guys on the Nuggets took that quote to heart too much. <laughs> <laughs> and Nicole Yoke was like, Cool, I can take off the first month of the season. All right. <laughs> He's like, I'm still playing eighty two, just so you know. <laughs> oh my God. But It just seems like that is still the mentality that that locker room has. And, I mean, you talk to guys, like, nobody's panicking after losing to the Warriors. Um, Like, it's fine for fans to question 
you know, what happened. Because, like I said, it is a little alarming, just the shock value of losing to a G League Warriors team. That's rough for a team that has its sights on winning the West, potentially. Um, but everybody's keeping the long view. And the fact that Denver has been as good as they have been against the top teams in the league, um, that is more important than the fact that they've been bad against some of the bad teams, I think. I'm so glad the Avs fan base has like moved past this section of the season already, <laughs> and they're into the, okay, no, it's for real yeah. now. And it's coming for the Nuggets, too. And also, if you look at what happens in the NBA regular season in March, March is the one month that if you're just not going to pay attention for a month, don't pay attention for March because it's been proven statistically that what teams do in March has no correlation to mm. what they've yep. done during the season and what they're going to do in the playoffs. So just don't pay attention in March. Just go focus on March Madness. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> That's a great solution. Like, <laughs> you want basketball? <laughs> just March Madness yeah. better than watching the NBA. But I want you to take us through kind of that locker room after that Clippers loss because from what we heard, you wrote a story about it too. They The players were upset. Will Barton came out and had a speech, talked to the guys. What was that like? Yeah, so they lose that game to the Clippers. They go back into the locker room. Michael Malone does not address the team. Pretty much lets them kind of stew in the loss, goes out, does his media, leaves the building. Will Barton's the guy who stands up and makes uh, what you know people were talking about as a pretty impassioned speech. And his biggest point, and I think he's 100% accurate in this, the top teams in the league think they can punk the Nuggets right now. The Lakers think this. The Clippers think this. And, like, those are the top two teams in the West. But they think they can bully the Nuggets. And I think, like, I think that's accurate. I think the top teams do believe that. And, you know, the Clippers did that in that game. And the Nuggets have had some competitive games with the Lakers. But, you know, when push has come to shove, uh, the Lakers, you know, have kind of beaten Denver in the winning time in those clutch moments. Think back to that home game uh, a few weeks ago when L.A. just dominated that overtime. Um, so that was Will Barton's point, that a lot of the top teams in the league think they can just bully the Nuggets. And, I mean, you look at what the Nuggets have done on national TV mm-hmm. when a lot of those players are watching those games. And you look at yeah. that Clippers game, and maybe you can't really blame those top teams. But that was his point. And, um, you know, we'll see if kind of guys fall in line. Here's another thing that I think happens, and it started – for me, last year in that Warriors game, the one where they did score 51 yeah. uh, in the first quarter, I think that these teams go into these games against the Nuggets and they say, we're going to prove why we're better than them. Because if we remember that Warriors game, they were fighting for the one seed back then. Mm-hmm. And the Clippers game, they're fighting for the two seed. And I think these teams just come in and they're like, we are going to battle. And for whatever reason, I don't feel like the Nuggets are ever prepared for that like they get punched in the mouth in the first five minutes and they're just like, whoa, whoa, why? Like, what is with this playoff intensity? Like, we thought this was the regular season. That's what I see from my view. It's, I see that too. I see that too. It's a bit of a transition, right? Because the Nuggets, and this is true of the Avs too, have been very used to being kind of an underrated team going into games. Maybe some teams don't take them seriously. After the playoff run last year, teams go in, they're going to bring their A game, and this is the best that they have. It's a bit of an adjustment for the Nuggets to face that every single night. Every team is coming for them. Which is weird because there is a school of thought that says, yeah, like you shouldn't even get up for any regular season game. It's just the regular season. Yeah. Like these games mean nothing in the grand scheme of things. There's a school of thought that says that. But I agree with you guys. Like 
The Clippers got up for that game. They did. The Warriors last year, they talked the Nuggets up leading up to that game and just, like, put their foot down the first quarter. Hey, but how was the watch party against the Clippers? They might have lost, but (laughs) it looked amazing. Unfortunately, couldn't be there, but from the videos and pictures, it looked like a really good time. Yeah, watch party was awesome. I mean, it was great to see all you guys there, and um, thanks for all the free drinks. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like you had a good night. (laughs) I said this on the podcast. My dad is becoming more popular at the watch parties than I am. That's amazing. (laughs) It's been good, though. We had um, someone ask, could it be boiled down as the Nuggets just overlooking an opponent for this Warriors loss? A little bit. I mean, it's impossible to scout for the Warriors because there's no tape on any of these guys. That would make (laughs) sense. Uh, So, yeah, I think that's something, too. And to go along with the point of, like, the Nuggets not getting up for that Clippers game or the Warriors game, uh, the Nuggets are just here throughout the entire regular season. I don't think they really get up for games. I don't think they, like, look past anybody. It just, like, is what it is. I just wish, like, and it has to be not just Nicola but the whole team, but, like, I wish they would look at the Warriors and be like, the tallest guy they have in their lineup is six foot nine. Nicola, we need you to score 40 tonight. Just go do it. You know, like – it. It didn't feel like that, and he was a little off with his shots. He was. You could tell in the first quarter, like he was missing some of the bunnies he usually makes. You could tell he was a little off. When he misses the little like seven foot floater, you something might be off. But still, like I just felt like they need they need to play bully ball where they're just like give it to Nicola and just let him just manhandle them down Mm -hmm. in the post. But when you do that, if when you rely on on one player as much as kind of what you're suggesting, that that doesn't develop the rest of the team, right? And that kind of goes back to how MPJ is being used and you know maybe not getting the minutes that he needs. Um, there's a much bigger scheme at play, right? They're playing for that 100-plus game season, trying to go deep into the Western Conference playoffs, hopefully making the NBA championship, is that it's there's a season after the season, and you need to play for that. You need to think of that and use the 82 games not as of, uh, a way of putting your stamp on you know, being one of the best teams in the Western Conference, but allowing it, you to have a chance to get into the playoffs and then put your stamp on it because that's when it's most important to body up a guy and put 40 down when you've got, you know, obvious height advantages. Obviously, they're not going to be seeing the Warriors in the playoffs this yeah, year. Yeah, no, the Rockets, though. Yeah, no, and, and part of the Nuggets' problem in some of their bad losses this year is Nikola Jokic has an amazing game, and no it's else. wasted because he doesn't get enough help. Yeah. Hmm. And the biggest worry for the Nuggets in the playoffs, and I personally think this, that they're pretty easy to game plan for, because you just double-team Nikola Jokic, he's going to make the right play, pass the ball out. Can the Nuggets hit shots? They've been one of the streakiest three-point shooting teams this year. They just shot 3 of 20 from 3 last night, and that's also been a theme in a lot of their losses. So they do need you know, some more help uh, around him in these games. Isn't the easy solution there to just play MPJ more, though? Yes. <laughs> it, it is a solution. He was bad last night, though. He, he was. was not good last night. It's you short-term. were talking about his attitude. Uh, his body language bad. looked really bad last night. And when he started playing well, when he started playing consistent minutes, you saw him all of a sudden, like, it looked like he took the training wheels off and just started playing basketball. And now it feels like we're, we're all the way back to, like, his first few games where he doesn't know how many minutes he's going to get. He feels like he has to take advantage of every time he mm-hmm. touches the ball. And it totally throws him off. And then – like you saw, um, he had a bad turnover, right? I think he did, and then he like instantly looked at Malone. Oh yeah, and he's he's a look back at the bench guy when he misses a shot or, or yeah. makes a turnover. And at that time, they were sending in I think Jeremy Grant or someone else to replace him, and he like said something under his breath. And I can just tell 
he's thinking mm-hmm. because he feels like he has to play perfect to be able to keep playing and it's a terrible terrible scenario yeah I think. but i, I think agree. that pisses malone off even more i mean i think that's some of the stuff that malone has felt since the very beginning he doesn't want mpj to be a diva like oh i'm not getting these minutes and he wants him to earn it it is harder when he isn't playing well like last night to yeah earn it, those minutes. this stint with mpj he has played pretty regular minutes over the last couple but this has felt like november you know december when he you know, would play that first hit in the first half, maybe he gets back in in the second half, You know, depending on how the game is going. He, he has played regular minutes as of late, but he just does not have the confidence that he had before that ankle injury. And you need him. You talked about you know their ceiling. You need him firing on all cylinders come playoff time. There's 20 games left. Like That's about just enough time to get him into a real rhythm. I feel like they, they need to commit to that. I don't know if oh, they will. I've said this. The Nuggets' top priority should be getting MPJ back at the level he, he was playing at before the All-Star break. That should be their number one priority. Yeah, yeah the defense has sucked. Yeah, they've been turning the ball over a lot. But this team has a certain ceiling on it, minus MPJ. And he, I think like him playing at the level he was before the All-Star break – might raise their ceiling to another round in the playoffs. That's how big of a difference I think he can make. We had a few people in the comments ask, any subscription deals coming up? Well, when you buy a subscription to DNVR, you get a free shirt, which that's pretty awesome already. And we're doing deal of the week, uh, deals of the week for members. So this week it's uh, $20 for the women's V-neck. It's uh, 25% off Avs gear. So you can definitely find those type of benefits. And then, <laughs> and as Kale said, <laughs> when you're becoming a member, it feels like you're getting a deal every week. Um, you do get a deal every week. You do. Uh, we have also a few people asking you, Ryan, where did you get that hoodie? Thank Ryan's you. very proud of it. As everyone knows, I don't tell anyone where I get anything because I don't want anyone else to have it. Okay, well. <laughs> but I got it on Fanatics. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's that an ugly buffalo. What? what? It's ugly. Uh, he went to CSU. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Show me your Rams. I don't even root for them. I root for the the uh, Metro State Roadrunners. All that's right. that's where I graduated from. So. <laughs> all right then. <laughs> well, D two. Right. Where it at? All right. All right, guys. Great basketball ha- program. Mm. Their baseball was real good a couple of years ago too. Actually. DNVR Roadrunners. No, nah, I don't think we'll get many followers on that account. Had <laughs> that up Road as a passion runners. project. Yeah, there you, <laughs> right, there you go. We've had snow pretty much off and on. Thankfully, I feel like we haven't had snow in, in a few days, but it, ha- it has been coming down in February. And Denver Rubber Company is your one-stop shop for anything snowplows. DRC is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects, which is huge. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products for their customers. So be sure to call them today at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr and tell them who sent you. Ruto, seven straight wins for your Colorado Avalanche. Nine on the road. That's ridiculous. It's been a really good time for the Avs, despite all of these tough injuries. Yeah, going on. One win in a row for every single injury the Avs have had over this win streak. <laughs> uh, it's pretty ridiculous right now. Uh, need to order some bubble wrap and ship it straight to the Pepsi Center, maybe. But they're making it work. And it's been a nice 
area of the season to have injuries. They're playing a lot of teams on the weaker side. They're able to get the job done. But honestly, the biggest part is the goaltending has just shown up. Pavel Frantzos has been absolutely excellent since Grubauer has gone out. And they're even getting wins out of Michael Hutchinson at this point. So it's it's just a perfect situation for them to be able to get the job done. And the most impressive part is maybe their top players haven't been that impactful. Nathan McKinnon is probably in his worst stretch of the season right now, but their depth is getting the job done. We thought last week that for that back-to-back, Pavel Francis would not be playing in Nashville. It was a risky move to start, but he ended up winning, so it ended up being a very smart decision for Bednar, and it was awesome to see Frankie against the Preds. The guy makes 45 saves in the first game of the back-to-back, and they roll him out there for the second one. When you're hot, you're hot. Yeah, I guess you just ride the hot hand, but... I guarantee you he went back to that locker room after game two and basically just collapsed in his locker. Well, and he got crushed on that yeah. goalie interference. Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah, I got blown it up near like the end of that game. Too. I was like, no. Eh, he's fine. Uh, hockey. Uh, Goalies have a knack for falling backwards. They know how to do it. Just trust me on that one. Speaking of injuries, we found out today after morning skate that oh. Kale McCarr is – out for tonight's game and he is day-to-day with an upper body injury he's this is gonna be the second game he misses yeah uh, that's the official word when players are getting held out when they're doing things outside of games never a good feeling upper body generally better than lower body definitely he can still skate then you know he can keep his legs going it's easier to jump back into games that way also not serious at all and so he might miss a week, maybe more, but it, that's not the end of the world. The Avs are very securely in a playoff spot at this point. Honestly, they're pretty secure in the second seed in the Central Division. Yeah, you can you can touch some wood if you need I to, just but want to, just in case, it's gonna be tough to catch St. Louis now. Um, yeah, but not the end of the world. And the good news is. They'll have their chance to catch him in the Western Conference Finals. They will, absolutely. Uh, but Miko Rantanen, Nazem Kadri, and Philip Grubauer all skated today. Uh, their timeline is still mid-March, mid-March is the expectation there. But getting closer, obviously, to a, a healthy lineup is the Avs forward core especially is just so depleted. So Andre Burakovsky listed on the injury report upper and lower body injury, oh. but can't be more specific than that. Just somewhere... Yep. On his body. He's broken <laughs> somehow. No, Nobody's exactly sure what. but I, I'm glad his central body uh, yeah. is not. The core is okay. Yeah, it's just the upper God. and lower parts. Like the eyes are rough. I feel like this is fear and loathing. Uppers, <laughs> downers. Yeah, like, <laughs> I was trying to think if there's like a muscle that extends from your upper body to your lower body. Your I, spine? Would that even still be lower body? I don't know if that counts as lower body. Lower body? Kind of? That sounds terrible. Let's really hope it's not a spinal. Yeah, let's not. Sciatic? Like a nerve issue? Maybe. (laughs) I don't. But they probably be like, they probably talk about it where the exact point of pain. Yeah, I mean, he played a couple games ago for one game. They thought he was ready to come back, and it was very clear he was not 100%. So, fine. Heal up. Get healthy. At this point, thankfully, it's something the Avs can afford to just keep guys out as long as they need to be out. So, it's all good. I mean, as as much as the injuries are an issue, when you win seven straight, you don't complain. I don't know 
if anything's ever made me more sad from a, a minor injury standpoint is when Kale McCarr doesn't play. Like, Kale McCarr, watching Kale McCarr play hockey is one of the great joys of my life right now. <laughs> it, he's just a special hockey player. It's There's all the conversation about the Calder and the reality is he's probably not going to win it this year because of the time that he's missed. But anyone who watches him, AJ and I have talked about this on the Avs podcast quite a bit. The kid could score 80 points next year. He could be a point-per-game player, and no one would be like, wow, I'm super surprised by this. It would just be like, oh, yeah, that's, it's Kale McCarr. He just does that. And it's super impressive that the transition of his game. Everyone knew he had the talents, and everyone knew there were going to be flashes of it, but he immediately came into the NHL and said, oh, I guess I'm just better than everyone. <laughs> the way he just, like, Leaves people in the dust. Yeah. Like, the highlights of Ooh, him. Ooh, the juke. What, that he, was a f- wow. four games ago? That was amazing. Well, one he, he just had against Nashville. Yeah, he, he left like him. There's a little head fake and just left Duchesne. Ruined Matt Duchesne's <laughs> life. Yeah. Speaking of, I can't believe, like, Duchesne used to be a guy who, when he stepped on the ice, you, like, perked up in your seat. Yep. The other night, I had to double check to make sure he was even playing in the game. I was like, is he hurt? Oh, no, he's already had four shifts. He's just a guy. He's yeah. become just a guy in Nashville. The it's definitely crazy. Nashville's had a lot of issues, to be fair. The production for almost all the forwards on that team is, is very down, which great for the Avs. <laughs> um, but it's it's incredible how quickly things change. I mean, yeah. uh, in an NHL league that's getting younger every single year, all of a sudden Matt Duchesne's getting into his late 20s. And guys like McKinnon, guys like McCarr is 21, and it feels like he's in the prime of his career already. Yeah. So the league is as young as it's ever been. It's probably going to get younger. It's just the reality that you have to be effective immediately in that league. Some of you may know that Ryan and I were in Nashville for the game this weekend. We have a few questions on the Periscope of how the atmosphere was at Bridgestone Arena it was, I mean, the Avs scored first, which that was fun. Ryan would not stop clapping for a solid two minutes. He's clapping for my team. Pissed a lot of people off around us. People started getting a little chirpy. And then as soon as the Preds scored that goal, it felt like everyone was staring at us <laughs> because there was no other uh, Avs fans around us. But the environment on that in that stadium was really cool. That was why I wanted to go there is because I had heard it's they have all awesome traditions and stuff. Their goal song is really cool, even though it's a bit corny. <laughs> uh, like the they were they got the whole place chanting "Refuse suck." Like you know, for 20, like people. five minutes though, it was like okay, calm down now. We get it. <laughs> they're whiny, but they're so whiny in an endearing way because they're very uh, in sync. <laughs> Everyone whines on the same page, yes. yeah. And you got to see your fish toss. So we did. That was crazy. <laughs> I was like, yes, and we got an abs win. Yep. So is there a rhyme or reason? Oh, the, we also saw a kale toss. Oh yeah, yeah. At the end, you got the kale on the, on the ice. ice. <laughs> That's true. Is there a, a rhyme or reason behind the catfish toss? Not really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it feels inhumane to me. I just have questions. It's not they're not the first team to throw creatures yes. of of the water in onto the ice and or anything like that. Things, but octopus and catfish are delicious to eat and I feel like this is a huge waste. 
I just I'm confused. Like, do when they're going through security, does security know when oh, they're okay no, with no, it? No, 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 They like they're like hiding it. Wrap and strap so then, like it to their after stomach. they throw it, it's like crazy. they just smell like. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. God, the girl just came up and like grabbed it like so easily and just walked away. It I was like, oh. A little bit <laughs> off the ice. Yeah, like are, the guts. are people in Nashville particularly smelly that you would? Like just get away with that. Yeah. And they're like, he checks out. He's good. Yeah. I, how do you not smell it going through security, you, you, or do you just air kind of sealed? It's air sealed to your skin <laughs> with oh, the saran wrap. That's. Oh God, no. They're actually, the the opposite is true. I felt like Nashville not smelly at all. Very uh, nice only city. Only smelled like is chicken, which is amazing. We had a lot of that. Prayers out to everyone in Nashville affected by that terrible yeah. tornado or multiple tornadoes that happened um, that took out a lot of East Nashville. It was really sad for us to come back and just places that we had just seen be affected by that. So definitely prayers out to everyone who is dealing with that right mm-hmm. now. But in Nashville, I would definitely recommend visiting, especially Bridgestone. And we found our own little community of Avs yeah. fans after the game. Got everyone chanting real loud. And then even had a DNVR subscriber who listens to this podcast buy us a beer and found us in the crowd and was like, oh, my God, they asked DNVR. If, they asked if AJ and Nathan were there. I was like, who is yeah, no, <laughs> Nobody knows me as Nathan. Yeah. You're like, Nate McKinnon? Yeah. <laughs> real quick. There's some breaking news on the uh, Nuggets side of things. Yeah. I waited for you to send your tweet. <laughs> I sent it. Uh, Nuggets reportedly signed Troy Daniels, who just got bought out by the Lakers. So career 40% three-point shooter. Let's go. Talking about those three-point shooting struggles, that's a great ad for the Nuggets. Mm. Great ad. I, it feels like a very good ad, but I'm also watching MPJ's minutes like disappear in front of my eyes. Yeah, I mean – I look at, I mean, I look at how many minutes Nuggets been playing Gary Harris and like, yeah, <laughs> uh, Gary Harris has looked better on the offensive end as of late, but I mean the guy goes zero of zero from three point range last night, and you know has been shooting better from three as of late, but is still shooting thirty percent from distance on the year. So I mean, I think eventually you're gonna have to cut his minutes if just like Denver can't keep can't produce any threes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, maybe this does mean MPJ's minutes are a little bit in flux. I mean, who knows? We we'll have to see. We had someone on the Periscope comment that just in case we needed to, we didn't see it. So thank you for yeah. just no, keeping this us is a good in the loop. Denver need another shooter. And um, like I said, the Nuggets are easy to game plan for. You cut off Jokic, you make everybody else hit open shots. Denver has not done that this year. They did not do that very well in the playoffs last year. Uh, so this figuratively seemingly helps with that. Yeah. We have um, some other comments on the Periscope saying, I don't understand why Nashville throws catfish. Normally you only keep traditions if they help you win. That's yeah, like that the, little. the catfish one is weird, too. Like the Detroit octopus makes sense. Back in the day, it took eight wins to win the Stanley Cup. Octopus mm-hmm. has eight arms. Things add up. The catfish was just like someone brought a catfish on a whim and threw it one time, and they were like, "This is awesome." Well, when you're in fre- when you're a fresh franchise, you can just anything could be a yeah true. fresh catfish. Oh, there we go. I, I feel like there needs to be a catalyst a other than just randomness, though. Like, yeah. Abs throwing kale on the ice. 
awesome because his name is Kale. A catfish has four rounds of whiskers, actually. So I think they're stretching pretty hard on that one. <laughs> I also made that up. I don't know that that's true, but I knew Ryan. Was I believed for it. you. He's like rounds. They're called whiskers. yeah. The rows are called rounds on fish. Not many people know that. I still don't know. No one does actually. No. <laughs> I False. don't know it. False. <laughs> Nobody knows it because it's not true. <laughs> um, so w- one last thing about being in Nashville. We talked about the songs and the type of stuff that uh, Nashville has. We are then talking about Denver and the kind of traditions that Denver has. Of course, they have the goal song for the Avs. Um, then they have Charlie Blackman's Tonight and then... Uh, Nuggets ball for well, Nuggets, but not the, many. Really the new the new one for the abs is the best. First of all. Uh, but I'm talking like there aren't that many. Like this song, every single person. Oh, right. You're right. Incomplete. Well, the abs singing along to Blink-182 is the new one. I love that. Yeah. Last game I was at, it didn't really happen. It was like, like. 200 people, maybe. Nah. It was going off at the stadium series. Yeah, this, yeah right. the whole good. arena was... You could hear this on TV at the stadium series. And no, it's it's very much on the up and up, I would okay, say. Good, good. The Nuggets have another one that you didn't mention. The uh, Gary Harris? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that one's great. <laughs> Did you know guys, like, clown him in the locker room? <laughs> oh. Oh, poor guy. Oh, Gary Harris. He's doing his interview, and like from across the locker room, Monte Morris is like, Gary. <laughs> I love that. That's, 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 so the, that's the inside <laughs> scoops you get to learn on this podcast. NBA, I feel like nothing can be cool. So <laughs> that is definitely not cool. <laughs> <laughs> they did love. I don't. I, they also. I don't know if they were clowning Wancho or loved Wancho for the Wancho three. Gotcha the three. Sh- but they were like catcalling him in the same way in the locker room. With oh that my god! When he was here, I can totally imagine Gary Harris going up to the Nuggets PA guy and being like, "Bro." <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I think the Broncos one is the most known. When I would go to um, with my friends to Broncos bars in D.C., they would be doing that. That's definitely fills the stadium tonight for Charlie Blackman. I wish we had more, though. It is incomplete. I like it because one time I saw in Sports Illustrated, they like asked players around the league, like, what's your least favorite thing that happens in opposing stadiums? And like the one that won the most was incomplete. So I was like, oh, then that, that makes me like it if other teams don't like it. Um, but the tonight, the Charlie Blackman one, that's um, a, like we I, hear we hear in the press box. Like every once in a while, you'll just be quiet and you'll you're saying it tonight in your back of your head, and you'll hear someone say, it and you're like, I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> the Charlie Blackman walk-up song is the official start of summer. It's true. Ooh, it's a little early for summer. It's like, the reason. You just get that feeling. It's honestly the reason why they can't you, let go of Charlie Blackman. Well, they had to re-sign him because of that. Yeah. Song. When you hear that song, you know <laughs> it's going to be. When you hear that song, you know it's going to be a hot beard summer. It's That's, okay. You know. <laughs> that <laughs> hot, hot girl summer you turned in hot beard summer. Okay. That and Larry Walker's Crazy Train are the whole reason I'm all for oh, yeah. individual goal songs in the NHL. But the. The, right. The problem is Nathan McKinnon chooses the Rough Riders anthem, and then the whole Pepsi Center is like barking after Nathan McKinnon scores. Now I'm more on board. <laughs> <laughs> they, they need more um, player, like specialized songs for NBA. 
every sport, yeah, they honestly. Do, uh, yeah. When Lou Williams scores a bucket, they play a little riff from that Drake song where he drops Lou Williams' <laughs> name. Oh, nice. okay, that's clever. Yeah, like that six-man song. That's his version of Gary. It's a little cooler. Yeah, so no, oh. it's just need somebody to drop one of their names in a song. All right, well, speaking of tonight and Charlie Blackman, let's move on to some Rocky Spring training. It's exciting. Baseball is kind of yeah. back, kind of officially back. Yeah. What are a few things? They've had a few games that they've played. Um, they've seen some stuff with the pitchers. What are a few things you're taking away from what you've seen so far? Well, it's just nice being able to hear the, the crack of the bat. AT&T Sportsnet hasn't televised any of the games yet, so we haven't really been able to see very many of the games, um, some of the opposing teams, you if uh, if you have the MLB package, you're able to watch those games. So really, it's just just listen to the game, um, getting to listen to Mike Rice, who's now in for Jerry Schemmel. That's kind of a, a bit of a change. Uh, getting used to hearing him um, working together with Jack Corrigan is, is a sound, but ultimately, it's it's not just hearing the the names of the guys you're typically used to hearing for the Rockies. Uh, at the top of every order. It's always fun to hear who's coming in late in the game, fourth, fifth inning, some of the young prospects because uh, a lot of them, you know, we might see later in the year or even if we don't, we know they're on their way up, like a Ryan Valade or Ryan Rolson. Um, Colton Wel Welker we saw stock last up year. On Ryan's. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know Rolson, if those two guys Valade. actually exist. <laughs> they do, yeah. You might have just made those names up. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, <Just kidding. laughs> Yeah, they, they've got a lot of good, you know, young prospects still coming up through the pipeline. Uh, I think it that might dry up next off season or, or next mm. spring training, I should say. But right now, you know, they're kind of in the in the midst of, of seeing what those guys can do. Who's who are the next up and coming guys? Still, some uh, guys that are, are are new to see back. Uh, Daniel Bard uh, pitched today. Um, hasn't played since 2017. And one of the more interesting stories right now is. Uh, the way they were able to re-sign Ubaldo Jimenez, mm. which was really nice to see him back into the fold, uh, pitching on the same day as John Gray. Together, those two guys have won 99 games, and I, I don't know if I don't know if the Rockies will ever see uh, a pitcher win 100 games in purple. Um, so that might be the closest that ever comes is a, is a spring training game where Jimenez and Gray both pitch. So those are some of the, the fun stories that are out there Whoa. each and every spring training. And Jimenez got to pitch against Cargo. Yeah. Which it, a little blast from the past from spring training there, which I appreciate quite a bit. But. So is Ubaldo going to be like a starter? What's the deal? So, yes, right now he's, he still, he's still working as a starter. Uh, I don't think he's going to crack the rotation. I don't know that he's, he's you know, fit for that just yet. I think, you know, he's going to need to probably spend at least a month down in, in Albuquerque, mm -hmm. down in AAA. Um, sources suggest that he is willing to do that to kind of, you know, um, oh, source, get back. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Reggaeton. That was really uh, good. I, like I can't do that. Yeah, that was way better than ours. <laughs> <laughs> Put that one on the soundboard. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's willing to do that, and That's I think cool. you know when you step away from the game for two straight years like that, you know you you've got a lot to come back with. But he still has a lot of starters potential. Uh, I think you know uh, even if things go right for the Rockies this year and, and the rotation is is really strong and does what it needs to do, they're still going to need a couple spot starts here and there. You know, 2018 was great where they they didn't need. A lot of those spot starts it was really just Jeff Hoffman um, and and Chad Bettis for for part of a season. 
So uh, I think we will end up seeing Ubaldo Jimenez, just like we could see Tim Melville again, who's he's on the shelf. He he cracked a rib, which is kind of ironic since he loves barbecue. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Didn't really put those two things together until this moment, but there you go. <laughs> uh, and so they have a really deep rotation. A lot of those guys are just just getting their innings. And the the real takeaway, and I know Drew's talked about this a little on the podcast, is like it's it's fun to get excited over the stats and seeing what some of these guys are doing and putting together a real big game. But these games really aren't that important. Um, it's it's nice that you can show that you can do it. But again, if you're sticking in the game fourth, fifth, sixth inning, you're no longer pitching against major league caliber talent. You're pit, you're you're hitting or pitching against triple a double a and in some cases guys that are just um completed high a and they're they're 21 year old prospects still so um you do have to take some of that with a grain of salt of course to give you an idea of how little these games matter i covered a game <laughs> last year oh and i would have never known this so i feel like a lot of fans might not know this either but the media availability with the start the starters like nolan and trevor and those guys happened during the game like they left the game <laughs> went to the showers got ready weren't even didn't even watch what was happening did their media availability and left the facility before the game was even over wow that so is crazy that's like how wow. insignificant the final result of these games where are. they go golf course <laughs> maybe yeah, i don't know like pool it was the si- it was probably like the seventh inning and like nolan was gone wow and that's for a home game. If if it's on the road, a lot of those guys don't even take the bus ride over, you know, because that in-game action is is limited to maybe two at-bats, three if you're lucky, if the opposing team's major league starter sticks around in the game. If not, well, you know, you don't need to have another at-bat against, you know, a triple-A quality pitcher. So, again, those those road games, you, you don't see a lot of the, the Rockies' typical starters. It'll only really be at Salt River Field. And again, it's still so early in the season. Some guys are working out different things. Um, they may even have personal plans that, they, that need to be worked around, too. So, you know, it, it's it's not terribly important until we get to that third or fourth week. Here's in March. my question: Are they staying in hotels, Airbnbs? What where? What's the kind of living situation down there? According to sources, <laughs> a lot of the players actually own homes down in Scottsdale, since that's oh, kind yeah. of the hub of of where smart. the players. You Pretty know, cheap real estate, I've heard. Um, well, Scottsdale is a little bit more expensive, but for these guys. For the most part, yeah. it is. Yeah, I know David Dahl lives down there because I follow his dog on Instagram. Yep, thought thought I would love the world. Dog accounts that. are the best accounts on Instagram. Thank you, Rudo. We, you get me. <laughs> and I mean, Ryan McMahon, he purchased a home last off season, you know, mm. and he's not even arbitration el- eligible. Sure, he's making the league minimum at you know a little over five hundred thousand dollars, but he's already thinking, hey, you know, this is my home. This is where I, I need to be in, in February and in, in March. And even in the off season, that's a nice place to, to live and, and kind of work out. And, you know, instead of going to a 24 hour fitness, like Rico Garcia had to last year in Hawaii, cause you, you're limited to options, right? So he just, he worked out at a gym, um, near his home in, in, in by Honolulu. Um, but Ryan McMahon, he can go and work out at the Rockies facility mm-hmm. down in Scottsdale at Salt River Field. So he's so. really just trying to save money on a gym membership. With this <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. The truth comes out. Scottsdale. Um, real quick, in like Broncos training camp, we'll like through, so they've, they've played what, 11 games now? Mm-hmm. Like through like 11 days of training camp, we'd be able to say like, here is like the, a potential training camp darling, a guy who might make the team that no one's been expected. Is there anyone who is balling out? early on for the Rockies that might be a surprising name 
nobody really surprising. And I think that goes back to why so many fans are frustrated about the offseason because they just brought everybody back, even though they were the ninth worst team in all of baseball last year and only won 71 games. So you're bringing all these guys back. It, it's because they've kind of have a guaranteed spot. The backup role for Tony Walters is one that's been up for grabs. Dom Nunez, of course, you know, uh, came up in September, looked, looked, Decent, you know, adequate. Bat has never been his strength. He's been, um, you know, better on the defensive side, similar to Tony Walters. But in the offseason, they were able to pick up Elias Diaz, or Elias Diaz, excuse me, and uh, from Pittsburgh, you know, played parts of three season with the Pirates. And, um, you know, had a, had a really quality 2018 season with the Bat. And he's been hitting like gangbusters so far already. He's kind of almost kind of, quieted any critics saying like yeah it's probably going to be his job to lose he'll have to be added to the 40-man roster which really shouldn't be too much of an issue there's probably a relief pitcher or a guy who um, will have to get put on the 60-day IL so that frees up another spot so he's kind of been the guy that has jumped out to a to a hot start uh, and it seems like okay he he may have won that that job but um, most of the other ones are are still up for grab Jeff Hoffman has probably so far taking a step back as far as mm. winning one of those rotation roles. Right. Backup catcher. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> Let's go. Beep, beep, beep. So like you good? said, not many people watch these games, but for the people that do, what is one thing, one thing that they should look out for in the next few games? Like what's one thing that you're watch that you watch when you watch these spring trading games that maybe the average fan who just misses some baseball should just keep an eye out on. Well, I think the the battle for the final two rotation spots is an important one, and a lot of that is is going to have to do, you know, for for Hoffman, it's it's staying in the strike zone and, and missing bats. For Senzatella, it's his curveball, which has looked fantastic so far. And um, you know, Chichi Gonzalez is a guy who, in the month of September, had an ERA under two, so he looked really solid. And, and can't say, you know, when you put up numbers like that, you think, hey, that's that's going to be your your job to to lose out on but um you know with Ubaldo Jimenez uh, is another guy there's a couple guys on the 40-man roster so Ashton Godot has been another one of those guys who is a, a career minor league player um was signed out of Seattle's minor league system um at I think he was 27 last year and no one thought a thing of it and he went out and he dominated at double a went to the Arizona Fall League, which is a spot for all the top prospects to go. It's kind of like their last shot to impress and see, hey, should we add this guy to the 40-man? And he went out and he just shoved and didn't give up a single earned run, was added to the 40-man, and going into today, he had already had six innings pitched. So he had the most innings pitched um, of any reliever or starter. So he's been a guy, I don't think he's going to win one of those rotation spots, but he's battling to say, hey, if someone falters come the regular season, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be ready to, to to cash in my chip and and get in the game on that. So, I think I think a lot of the starters are are the stories to really watch for and see you know if they are missing bats if they're getting weak contact. It's still a long way to go. Spring training. One of the reasons why it's it's six weeks is for the pitchers. It's not for the hitters. They can get ready a lot quicker than that. It's for the pitchers stretching out. And you see them in their first start going two innings, three if they're lucky, right? Um, so you, you want them to get up to at least six innings by opening day in April. So that's going to just simply take time and starts, right? Last Rockies thing. I'm, I've, I did it in our Slack. I'll do it here. I'm calling my shot. Ubaldo gets the fifth spot. 
That's bold. That's bold. All right. You just want it on the record Yeah, I want that, I want that Okay. All right, well. Patrick just looked at you like you're completely <laughs> wrong. Patrick's <laughs> like, ah, I don't know what to I'm say. just thinking he's got to go into the attic and try to dig out some old gear to bring back. That's, uh, no, but. Uh, <laughs> I want the commercials back. It's happening. If you, Baldo. Try hair be oh yeah. <laughs> Wow, that was a thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ubaldo had a whole series. They were great. Yep. All right, well, Drew Creaseman is in is in Scottsdale for spring training. He's put, pushing out some content on there, so be sure to subscribe to the DMVR.com for all of that. Are you going to be in spring training at all this year? Uh, I might make it next week, um, but I will be out in San Diego for opening day. Oh, so fun. That's what counts, gonna, yeah. Yeah, there yeah, we go. They're a little close together. I don't know that I want to travel. Yeah. I've been told uh, I don't travel well. <laughs> um, I get sick often when I travel. So, yeah, oh, during this time you do there? not want to travel. Then. Oh, really? What's going on? <laughs> well, you know. So, yeah. So I'll be out there. The we'll world have a couple panicking. Days. I have a couple days out there with with my wife. We love San Diego. We honeymooned out there. So Aww. we'll have a little R and R, and then boom, we we jump off into the season with four games set against the Padres, opening on March twenty sixth, two ten p.m. Wow, it's coming up. <laughs> Can't we're wait. Getting close yeah. to baseball. That means we're getting close to I, summer. Mm. The baseball season starting earlier is so sad for me because I can't watch it because yeah. the abs are good now. I, I have I go into May at least with hockey these days. So hopefully, hopefully. Well, you got to take care of your teeth, guys. And guess what? Our friends over at Green Mountain Dental can help. I was telling you guys last week I was dealing with some gum pains. I set up an appointment with Green Mountain Dental and I'm so excited to check them out and get my free Sonicare toothbrush. But I've heard... Through the grapevines that Sources? Harrison talks about the free Sonicare toothbrush like <laughs> no other. What is this with the DNVR Nuggets podcast? They just say, they're like, what did Brendan tweet yesterday? Get yourself a guy who talks about you like Harrison does. Oh, man. With I the can't free do it on no, I, I just talk about how much an electric toothbrush changed my life. It's true. Like, I just started using it. Don't you get tired thing. going to King Supers every, like, two months and buying one of those $3 toothbrushes? <laughs> that don't really even. Yeah. Once, once you switch to an electric toothbrush, you're just like, oh, my God, I can, like, feel, right. really feel mm -hmm. my teeth yeah. being, like, clean. Yeah, no more cavities. There we go. Well, it Reduces your risk of carpal tunnel syndrome, like, all that movement yeah. back and forth. Yeah. Can add up. Just well, make the change. Make the change. <laughs> Check them out online today or call them at 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today and go listen to the DNVR Nuggets podcast to hear Harrison talk about it naturally, not on the spot like I just posted. <laughs> Ruta, is, is that free toothbrush a game changer? I mean, sure, not like a Strava Craft game, game oh. changer, but, you know, <laughs> it's up there. It's on the list. Fair. So I guess we can talk a little bit about the Combine. The Combine. I feel like there's more pressing Broncos news to talk okay, about. Okay, well, the, you go. Well, I just, they made a big trade yesterday. All right, talk to me about <coughs> it then. Um, they made the trade for A.J. Boye, who is a former Pro Bowl corner uh, from the Jaguars. He was part of that defense for the Jags in 2017 that was off the charts good. Um, yes, known as Saxonville. And you can't have Saxonville without – coverageville on the backside um <laughs> boye and ramsey were a great duo the broncos were in a in a bind here because they need at least two corners the truth is they're probably going to lose chris harris jr so if you didn't add anything you took chris harris jr out of the mix you've got bryce callahan 
who some would argue doesn't even exist, um, a la David Dahl back in the day. Um, <laughs> you have Isaac Yadam, who was a bust. You have uh, Devontae Harris, who had a couple decent games. You have Duke Dawson, who we don't really know about yet. So, like, they were completely about to be barren at corner, and they were going to have to overpay uh, for a cornerback in free agency. Boye was set to be released as kind of a cap casualty in Jacksonville, and so Elway calls him up and says – I'll give you some draft capital so you don't cut him. We'll take him on. He's got two years left on his deal for about $26, $27 million. Um, but the nice thing for the Broncos, first of all, that's about market value for a good corner, maybe even a little below what it will be set at this year. But the nice thing for the Broncos is there's no dead money on there, meaning if things go awry this year, and he kind of had a bad year last year, so if, if it turns out he's on the downswell, then you can just move on from him after this season for no penalty. Um Really, really nice move from John Elway to kind of check off one box before you even hit the craziness that is free agency in the draft. So do you think Chris Harris Jr. is out? Yeah, I mean, I think that there will be sort of like this agreement here. You know when um, a girl and a guy are like ah, really good friends <laughs> and they're like, hey, if we don't get married by the time we're 35, let's get together – you, you've heard of that phenomenon. Has that actually ever happened, though? <laughs> I bet. Let us know in the comment section if that's how you <laughs> like, got it. That's like think, a fun thing But in I think movies, it's more of like 40, 45. Yeah. Not 35 is a little early. <laughs> I'm very – I don't know if that's actually ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not well, convinced. Uh, I will put out a poll after this podcast and we can see. Yes, yes. I am familiar with the concept. I okay, feel like yeah. because <laughs> once you become such great friends, then maybe you're just like, oh, wow, I, don't reali- I didn't realize how much did, I did like maybe you. It has. Well, no. Friends that got married won the week. Is that what you're you're saying, yeah. Ryan, uh, you might, might have a bachelor spinoff idea there. You got to work on that. Ooh. You got to workshop that. <laughs> the friend zone. I already have the name. <laughs> um, anyways, for uh, that, people Bron- who don't follow DNVR Broncos, Ryan is known to make relationship comparisons. Just another reason you yeah, should. You're listen actually to. supposed to drink every time I do that. Cheers. Um, anyways, I feel like they're gonna have that sort of agreement. Hey, go out, test the waters. Uh, if you don't find anyone that loves you the way I do. Come back, and we'll give you a nice little hometown deal, and you can come and retire a Bronco. It's definitely not ideal. It's highly unlikely. Someone's out there. Someone out there is going to overpay for Chris Harris Jr. They're going to get him. He's, like, angling to go to the Chiefs on Twitter, which is just such a bad Yeah, I was going to say, he doesn't seem like he wants to stay. The way that he he seems like he he didn't even like that move made by the Broncos. Yeah, the weird thing is, like, he said at the end of the season, like, my next place, I want to play with a player with good corners, which was just crapping on his teammates. But um, now the Broncos add a good corner, and he's like, all right, peace, I'm going to Kansas City, please. And it's like, what? But it doesn't seem like – I just think all of these little weird things that he's been – all these comments he made, oh, I want to play outside. Oh, I want to play the slot. Oh, I want good corners. Oh, now I'm leaving. It, it To me, it just he's he doesn't want to be here anymore. Yeah. And he's just kind of beating around the bush of saying, like, I want to go try somewhere else. He even tweeted yesterday he wanted to be a part of two Ring of Famer teams. Yeah, I mean, he is really trolling Broncos yeah. fans, but I just don't understand. Like, he comes in as an undrafted guy. He was, And it's not even like he was a high-priority undrafted guy. He was the last the, – he had the lowest signing bonus of any guy. So that means he was barely even invited to training camp. Um, the Broncos gave him a great opportunity. He learns under Champ Bailey. The fan base adores him for nine years. The Broncos – you know, 
they gave him the highest deal for a second corner when he got that deal, and it's it's framed as a hometown discount now, but like they weren't going to be able to pay Aqib Talib and Chris Harris Jr., so the only reason the no-fly zone ever existed is because he took that hometown discount, air quotes, and then John Elway just handed him $3 million last year as just like a thanks for being Chris Harris Jr., and so I just I don't understand where the animosity is coming from or the desire to want to troll Broncos fans. It's, it's weird to me. Uh, Scheffner tweeted that Broncos are not expected to pick up option on Ron Leary. Are you surprised by that at all, or is that kind of just known? I'm definitely not surprised about it because John Elway literally said it at the combine. So I don't well, know why Schefter is reporting that right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, not unexpected at all. I mean, he's been really unreliable. He's over the hill. Um, it's it was time. All right. Well, anything from the combine that you learned? You had a chance to speak to Lavisca Chenault and have you ha- wrote a really awesome story mm-hmm. about his time sitting courtside with Kobe Bryant and Gigi Bryant. Anything you want to share from that? Yeah, that was really cool. Um, Lavisca is a pretty shy guy, and, and so he. I was worried that he was just going to be like, "Oh, I don't want to talk about that," or whatever. He could have said anything, but he he's really also experienced a lot of loss in his life too. He has. So. Um, he really opened up about it, and w- he he really like shined when I asked him about it. It was a really unique experience. I mean, what one of maybe ten people in the world who have sat courtside next to Kobe and Gianna, maybe even less than that. So uh, he he talked about just watching Kobe explain to her little details of the game, and just what a great father he seemed like from his view. And uh, it was cool just to see Lavisca kind of light up when he had an opportunity to talk about that he was like wow no one's asked me about this yet so that was cool all right well go read that on the dnvr.com and who did the most and who did the least who was the dog and who was the beast who's in the boat and who's up a creek let's see who won the week pew 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 it honestly feels like forever like since Star we did Wars that <laughs> i didn't say i was good at it <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, last week, to no surprise, the avalanche took over. So, Rudo, I'll give you... Flex my non-existent muscles. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you 30 seconds to talk about whatever you would like. Go. Uh, it's time for the Colorado Avalanche to buy a mile-long roll of bubble wrap and just wrap everyone in it I'm at mm. this point. Nope. Forget practicing. Forget anything that isn't a game. Just get healthy, please. That's all I got. I don't need 30 seconds. Maybe they should get those, like, bubbles where, like, that game that you can play, like, in a park where you, like, run into each other. Oh, yeah. The, those like, can zorbs. be pretty yeah. aggressive. Yeah, but, Dangerous. but, but you're, you can you're on ice in those, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they do that in junior games all the time. They bring fans on, and they skate around in Zorbs and just blast each Wait, other. Wait, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> Intermission hockey games are up? amazing. Can we do a video about it? I <laughs> hope oh, so. Some of the best stuff I've ever watched is hockey intermissions. Riding tricycles on the ice. like Guys like power sliding around corners on a tricycle. Speaking of, the old men that dance during the Nuggets halftime show, what's, what's their name? called the average joe's the, yeah, the average, average joe's yeah. i love those guys they're so into it yeah they really they're, uh, enjoy it. they're awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. all right they're really s- when you go to sell it to me now yeah long season sport you see all these bits like oh man a hundred yes. times so yeah i was so a little it. worried we weren't gonna get the rocky oscars bit this year because mm. it came a little late 
He does like the Rocky run up the steps thing, <laughs> and then he does the Titanic thing behind a ref. It's always uh, like a, a good little bit. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one that you like. And yeah, the I always look one. forward to that. Remember one. When he did that like performance art thing with the popcorn. Yeah, that was something else. But he always has the Nutcracker. Where like he pre- pretends to do the splits on the I like balance the, beam. I like the average the shows. The Nutcracker. Yeah. Oh yes, of course. But then I also like the frisbee with the dog. Frisbee dogs are always good. Or the uh, Simon Says that one's also good. Monkeys riding dogs yeah. is the best one. Anything with dogs is just or, the best um, one. Or what's I mean. Red Panda? Well, yeah, Red Panda is the classic. The and then for the abs when the little the playoffs though the abs when the little kids that are like the the can't even really play hockey but the pads like eat (laughs) them and yet they're like still skating and they're all just following. There's one always like waving at their mom and you're just like I think there's one kid who like knows how to skate and just like schools everyone. (laughs) The Broncos have the mutton busting at the last game of the season. Little little kids riding sheep. Oh yeah. yeah, the Broncos cool. also have. Isn't there one with like mascots that they fight? Or? Oh, mascots versus kids. Yeah, yeah. Those, those games are <laughs> That's amazing. That's the best one. That's for sure the best one. The Rocky, the Rockies need to have the uh, Tooth Trot. Tooth isn't trot doing is it for me. <laughs> tooth Trot good. is lit. I don't know what you're talking. <laughs> yeah, about. I love Tooth Trot. I want them to call fans to do the Tooth Trot. Is, isn't that how it started in I Milwaukee? I think it's. Uh, it's like people who work for the team though who do it. Yeah, because you're you're gonna have some lawsuits situations going have on. You guys if you seen get the people freeze out there. And I think Atlanta. Atlanta, oh, yeah. yeah. That guy's crazy. So he's an employee, and yeah, he's just super fast, and yeah. he just runs the entire length of the outfield. And um, they've they've done one at minor league ballparks where it looks like Jurassic Park. So like you're racing a T Rex. Um, like if you've got you know the LED screens in the outfield, minor league baseball has a lot of those kind of promotions. I saw one once where I. It almost was like a simultaneous neck breaker where they've got like this full, you know, upper body jacket on with a bungee cord attached oh and they're running opposite ways and they just get like yanked back. Oh, that's, oh. It was oh, that's great. It was bad. Yeah. I've not seen that one since. <laughs> I bet. There's the one the Rockies do where they pull the fan out and they say to run to second base. But yeah, you were like saying that. that they don't, Um, they used to have to put the. You steal yeah, the base. Correct. You literally yeah. steal the base. Talk so about participation yeah. awards in 2020. Also, I mean, nobody has God. ever not gotten the jersey at the end. That's what I, yeah. Uh, they nobody, need to yeah. set a hard line in the sand. Right. Nobody's ever not completed that. Yeah. Job. They're like, ah, we'll give it to you anyway, even when yeah. they don't get it. Yeah. Yet yeah, it's pretty easy to do. You're right. Yeah. Now you just go somewhere, you pick it you off the ground, and you hand it to, to the someone. guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's Th- it. I mean, that yeah. is so ridiculous. <laughs> mm-hmm. Baseball's kind of limited in the things. They it's can true. Do. They don't I, have as much I, time. They, didn't they stop? Did they stop doing the fly balls? Oh yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a while. In yeah. Probably in Philadelphia, right. someone got hit in the face by a hot a hot dog being yeah, shot from like a an cannon. Woman. She <laughs> tried to sue. My friend's wife um, got hit with one of those hot dog t-shirt cannons. She fell off the back of the um, stadium bleachers. Oh my god! And died. This is a Simpsons episode, folks. Yes, it is. So, oh my god! This is how Ma died. That's so Pretty bad for laughing. Ned Flanders' wife? Nothing. Yeah, Ma died that way. Face is watching. He definitely. That is just no knowledge. Oh my god! Look at my face on the periscope i literally was like laughing because of what you said then i thought i heard someone died i was like oh my god yeah wow. okay well you gotta do that too wow. <laughs> well uh that was worse than 30 i, I don't seconds. think the simpsons won the week yeah. <laughs> i was just trying to keep that going as long as possible so we didn't have to do yeah you don't want to do this one 
<laughs> All right. Well, the Avs won the week last week for uh, Frankie recording his first shutout and going 3-0-1. I agree. It is getting <laughs> on here. I think Andre, it was also the stress window? of thinking I was laughing at someone who died. Um, you did, but it's just a fictional character. Second so place was Nuggets for having their best start in franchise history. <laughs> Third place was Carl Durrell for getting his dream job in Colorado. And fourth Man, place. Imagine a goalie winning three games, being better than the Nuggets starting <laughs> the best no, in their I franchise. I actually like Henry's <laughs> argument on uh, last week's show. For it, Carl Durrell. It was Carl Durrell had the best day of his life. <laughs> <laughs> Which he said it was the best day of his life. I know. Uh, last place was the Rockies because baseball is back and everyone is in a better mood. So hopefully, hopefully you can win the week this week. Yeah, not Patrick. much has changed with that. But <laughs> um, we've got I hope some you comments vote for all the pitchers beating Astros. That should be won the week. The we've over under is zero <laughs> happening for uh, the Rockies games. We even got someone saying, "LOL." Wait, the Rockies like beating them. Yes, they will not be in a single Astros play this year. Do they not year. play this year? You are correct. <laughs> <laughs> Astros are in Florida, and Colorado is in Arizona. Lame. So we got someone saying, LOL at A. Definitely not A. The Rockies being back doesn't put me in a better mood. It's the opposite. Jeez. Okay. Wow, that's um, brutal. Someone else uh, did a gift. Nuggets, we believe in you. Um, someone else said A, of course. Uh, Frankie, go Frankie. Frankie was literally named top player in the NHL last week. I only know one of those things even are. I only know what one of those things even are. Okay. A backup goalie that wins the <laughs> league's first star has got to be the one. And then I w I'm pretty proud of Steph, Steph Snoichi. She's an Avs girl, yeah. but she wrote. LFG, LFG, Nuggets with a bunch of exclamation it's, marks. I'm very happy that Frankie won, but the Nuggets absolutely should have won that week. Come I know, on. I'm just glad that she is one of our subscribers who we know very well. She started as an Avs fan following our Avs coverage and then has show, grown her love for all Denver sports. So. It's the Denver dream right there. Yeah. I there think you that you should only read those tweets if they're good. Oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah, just in the future. There's no, a lot read of bad them all. ones in there. Okay, go, Ryan. Your time's up. <laughs> Up. Go. <laughs> okay. Uh, John Elway wins the week because he made this trade for AJ Boye. Ch checked seven off seven viewers huge, right now, so I feel like that's checked off a huge part of um, the off-season checklist here. And if you actually connect the dots, what he did was trade Emmanuel Sanders for AJ Boye and a third-round pick, which is a pretty impressive trade. And now that they can let Chris Harris Jr. go, if you really want to get deep into this, you could say they're going to get a twenty twenty-one compensation Time. pick out of that compensatory pick so Time. john elway traded emmanuel sanders for aj Bouye and potentially two third round picks strike that from the record please yeah. i want to put we that that uh gif of that like all the math equations yeah back and <laughs> <forth>. <laughs> oh all right rudo go uh martin count won the week he's it's played seven NHL games and by everyone's eye has absolutely proven he's an NHL ready player. He may not end up sticking in the league this season, but he's about as shoe in as can possibly be to be in the NHL lineup next year. And there's a world where he sticks and plays in the playoffs this year for a guy that had zero NHL games two weeks ago. It's extremely impressive and extremely encouraging for the Avs development system. He's going to stick. 
I hope so, man. He deserves it. He's got two goals in those seven games. Yeah, two goals and an assist. During this time with all of the injuries, he's been a big He's got more points than Matt Nieto. He's got... Who well, would he replace in the lineup if he were to stick? So he, you, the first is he sticks over Matt Nieto, but you have to scratch someone else, and that's where it gets tough. Mm. That's where he probably ends up going back to the AHL. But maybe, maybe if he plays extremely well over the next couple games, maybe they scratch Belmar over him. Wow. Oh. And part of that is because Tyson Jost has been – excellent since the trade deadline and he can play center instead of Belmar so during the offseason I remember you and AJ talking about um Cal- like being a better NHL player than AHL oh and, yeah absolutely. and you look at his numbers in the AHL with the Eagles it's just almost non-existent it was like I think it was after the all-star break he finally had his first goal yeah he didn't score in his first 10 games he got hurt he came back and was recovering and then yeah after the all-star break I think he put up like 11 points in 16 games or something like that and it's just night and day. The AHL is a very loose, structured system. It, it always is going to be. And the NHL, Martin Couch said it himself in an interview. He goes, yeah, all the players up here are extremely smart, and they're where mm. they're supposed to be. So mm. it's really yeah. easy for me to play. That's what I was going to say. A lot of people talk about like the leap from the minors to the majors. And in baseball, it's not as true, except for maybe from a defensive standpoint. But what people don't realize is that everyone around you also gets way better yep. and it helps you immensely, especially for a guy like Cout where he wasn't producing. Well, yeah, all of a sudden you're online with legit players or, yep. you know, they, when they elevated even Donskoy up to McKinnon's line, like all of a sudden these guys start playing really well. Yeah. Because the guys that are around them are creating right. opportunities. For you them. get open and all of a sudden that player can hit you with a pass and it's like, Oh, this is easy, man. Yeah. <laughs> It really has been huge for guys like Cal Logan O'Connor yeah. had his first yeah. goal. Vladislav Nemesnikov. There you go. Did I say you it? got the yes. N in there. Yeah. I just wanted yeah. I just wanted to bring that up because I yeah. feel like I've named <laughs> like I killed it at the name. So um but yeah, having those type of guys step up is yeah. huge. Right Nemesnikov now. picked up his first goal as with the Avs this week. Um Hutchinson got his yeah, first win. He gets a win. He only gives up one goal, makes 17 saves. I mean, that was crazy. It was only 17. Yeah. D- Detroit is bad, first <laughs> of all. And the Avs defense was like straight up the secret service of uh, like diving in front of pucks to help Hutchinson out in that game. <laughs> is Frankie but, and Hutch a thing yet? Uh, Frankie and Hutch, it should be, but right. there's a very real possibility that Hutch doesn't play another game this season. Well, so we'll always have that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Harrison, I'll have you go up next. All right. Why did the Nuggets or someone on the Nuggets or someone in the Nuggets organization win the week? Well, unlike the Avs, the Nuggets are fully healthy. They're fully healthy for the first time in a while, really like the first time in a couple months. Paul Millsap is back. Nikola Jokic, I think, is pretty rested after the All-Star break. Jamal Murray's over an ankle injury. Gary Harris is healthy. He's been showing signs of breaking out of an offensive funk. Denver, everything is in place for the Nuggets to potentially go on a playoff run. All the pieces are in place. MPJ is back in the rotation. Just up to them now. So they are fully healthy and uh, kind of full speed ahead. All right. I like it. That was a good one. Well done. Thank you. Thanks, guys. You want to trade? I'll take fully healthy for a couple of losses. (laughs) I mean, Nuggets are still three seeds, so. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) I think they're fine. All right, Patrick. (laughs) Who won the week? Rockies fans are still winning the week uh, because baseball is back. But more specifically, 
their relief core, their young relievers, are looking good early on, uh, particularly the left-handers. Jake McGee has disappointed uh, since he's been in Colorado um, signing the three-year deal. Mike Dunn was released last year. They haven't had a really good lefty since Boone Logan. Um, there's a name. But James Pazos and Philip Deal have looked really fantastic so far. It is really going. We're going to pump the brakes. But there are lefty options out there for their bullpen. All right. I'm glad. I like how you didn't say veteran bullpen arms. I mean, if they're desperate, I'm available. (laughs) If they're looking for a lefty. Oh, you're a lefty? Yeah. I used to be able to throw in the 80s before I blew out my shoulder. I would pay to see, watch you play baseball. You almost. Said I was pr- I was pretty decent <laughs> once upon a time. That might be right? the coldest thing Allie has ever said. When we when we have our when we have our multi skills competition, I'm gonna light it up in the all batting right, cage. I'm excited. That's all I'm saying. That is soon to come. Eventually, we will be making all of us try and be athletic. It's gonna be an interesting one. What? I didn't know about this. Oh, <laughs> Ryan looks at me like what? I might be running a marathon uh, in a couple months, so that's going to be fun to do. Yeah. Have you been oh, wow. training for this? A little bit. Well, <laughs> a little th- bit. I mean, this is a guy who used to run super marathons from what I've been told. So The rumors are true, yes. Wow. 50 wow. miles a couple times. That's terrible. It's my, my secret skill, I guess, super endurance. All right. All right, guys. Well, <laughs> if, you're not on, if you're not on social media, you might not have seen a video that was released today but we have a very big announcement here at dnvr for you all march 13th is that one yep march 13th okay just want to make sure you almost said it (laughs) no okay i just said march 13th 2020 Uh, uh, some people in the room disagree i wasn't gonna say it anyways we have people (laughs) who've been commenting the entire time what is happening on march 13th it's a surprise you will find out soon enough thank you for watching and thank you for listening to the denver sports podcast presented by breckenridge brewery of course we will see you guys next week